Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Jen Amos here with our lovely co-host, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back. Hey, everybody. And we have a very special episode because, for one, this is our 50th episode of our podcast show since we started. So, yay. (laughs) Yay. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. And let me tell you. Okay. So, at the time of this recording... We have, I'm going to, I always like to read the, the downloads. So we have yeah. 12, over oh, yeah, 1,200. Yeah. Is it 1,200? No, no, that's not 1,200 anymore. Gosh, it's 12,000. 12,000. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah. Cause like the decimal, the decimal always confuses me. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> okay. Just use the K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have 12,400 downloads. Since we started the show and our shows are averaging to like 200 downloads each episode, like on average, when back then it was 100, you know, it doubled in the recent weeks and it's just been incredible. Nani, I want to get your initial thoughts on that. Yeah, that's incredible. And I can't even imagine 12,000 people listening to our podcast. We want to know who you are. So please reach out to us on Instagram, leave us a voice message. You can email us however you feel most comfortable getting in touch. We would love to get to know you. Yes. And what is it? We're going to be wrapping up our season soon. We have a couple of more episodes that we're going to be releasing. And then we're going to take what I call a spring break, a long spring break. Just like every kid right now in school, getting <laughs> like three weeks off because of the freaking coronavirus. We all know it. I'm just going to mention it. We're doing everywhere. a shutdown. <laughs> yeah, we, we too are affected <laughs> by the coronavirus. <laughs> we did plan for this spring break because Nani and I Uh, have some exciting plans and changes for the show so that we can really engage with all of you and make this show more accessible for you and make you feel more comfortable in engaging with us. So so yay to 12,000 downloads. We can't thank you enough for listening to our show. And I was just going to say, stay tuned for big changes in 2020. Yes. Yeah. So look out for summer of 2020, just like how we started this podcast show a year ago last summer. It'll be our one year anniversary. Oh, it will. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to do something special. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll figure that out. Until then, until then. Yeah. So one, this episode is special because it's our 50th episode and Yeah, we couldn't have made it here if it wasn't for you, the listener, for your support, for your engagement, for your love, for sharing our show with other people, and especially to our guests who were also courageous to be on our show to share our story. And also, this is a special episode because I get to interview Nani because she just came back. I mean, not just came back from the Philippines, but she went to the Philippines for the first time in her life. And if you had checked in on our previous episodes, we were interviewing her before before her trip. And now we're interviewing her after her trip. So Nani, you ready? 
I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So uh, just a little background for people that are listening to this for the first time. We interviewed her a couple episodes ago, just kind of asking her what her thoughts are, what her hopes are for uh, going to the Philippines. She had this whole agenda, this whole plan to see her family and to go sightseeing. And some things happened. So Nani, do you want to take it away? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, pretty much every expectation that I had for my trip was (laughs) demolished. Oh my Starting with the day that I was supposed to leave, I was supposed to leave on January 12th, and that was the morning that all erupted, the volcano, and the airport shut down. And so they canceled my flight, and I was not able to get on. I was originally supposed to go with a group of friends, and so... Uh, you know, I knew that their agenda was going to be wanting to like party and do a lot of the fun stuff. Whereas I wanted to have some time to myself beforehand to go exploring. There was a lot of exploring I wanted to do. Obviously, go and see my family out there, see where my dad was born, where they lived. Apparently, we have like an entire block of family that just lives all next to each other. So, mm. you know, that was obviously going to be the kind of main purpose for for me going. So, like I said, expectations were shattered pretty much starting (laughs) the day of that I was supposed to fly out when Ta'al erupted and Manila Airport closed for the foreseeable future. They didn't even reschedule my flight. They just canceled it and I couldn't get through to anyone on the phone for like four days. So I ended up, I know it was crazy. That was probably the worst part of the trip, even though I hadn't even like left yet Mm -hmm. just because my anxiety was through the roof. I was just so unsure if I was even going to be able to go on the trip at all. And you know what the like air quality was like over there. And I don't know, I've just never been through a natural disaster like that before. So that was stressful, but I ended (laughs) up (laughs) just a tad, but I ended up getting it together and um, I just, ended up going with the rest of my friends. So I didn't get to spend those four or five days that I had planned to by myself to go and see my family and explore and all of that. So I ended up just flying with all of them and, you know, going on with the rest of our trip like we had planned. And I did want to, you know, take a day out from them so that I could at least go and meet up with my family for breakfast or dinner or something. But I couldn't get to them because they live close enough to the volcano that their area was restricted. It was blocked off. You couldn't travel there. So, wow. um, so yeah, it was kind of like, it was a great trip after that, you know, we had a lot of fun and we did a lot. We fit a lot into a little bit of time. It felt like, but I'm already ready to go back and continue with my original plans. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. How do you feel now, like looking back that your plans were essentially demolished? Like, have you had some time to reflect on that? All right. Jen Amos here, jumping into the middle of our show, as I always do, to remind you why this show is possible. So, you know, at the end of every episode, I tend to say, if you didn't catch our guest contact info, don't worry, we'll have those in the show notes. Check them out. I work so hard on them. You're welcome. Well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why starting summer 2020, the Filipino American Woman Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. 
Captivate is created for independent podcasters, designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, consider a seven-day free trial, that's right, free, with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the philam, short for Filipino-American, woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. Once again, you can visit thephilamwoman.com or visit the details section of this episode. Yeah, I have. And I actually, I know I was freaking out like in real time when it was happening, but now I kind of like that it started out like that because once I got there, even though we were doing things that I expected and kind of, I had done a lot of research, you know, YouTube videos, Netflix movies, people on Instagram, you know, wherever I was studying and researching, about the motherland, like I think I had a pretty good idea of what to expect in each place that we went. Like when we got to Metro Manila, it was comparable to, I would say, if you're from the Bay Area, like a Walnut Creek or like, you know, something like that area. And then that is kind of like the shock absorber for Mm -hmm. when you leave that Metro Manila area. And when we, you know, went to the province, it was kind of exactly what I had expected. And even when we went to Baracay and El Nido, the more touristy places. It was also what I expected in terms of, you know, masses and masses of people and it being really, I don't know, another word for touristy. Touristy. So, <laughs> touristy, yes. <laughs> so even though it was it was what I expected in a lot of ways, it was also blown all of my expectations out the window once I was there. So I really loved it. And I know that everybody was kind of waiting for me to come back and like, uh, are you freaking out? Like, are you culture shocked? And I'm like, not really, <laughs> you know, and maybe it's because I feel like I've I've seen a lot of it and heard about a lot of it and seen pictures and everything from my family. So it was just nice to be there because mm-hmm. it was somewhere that I had researched for so long and, you know, wanted to go for so long. So yeah, it was nice to finally be there and get kind of a macro view of the Philippines, you know, both the best and the worst of it. I didn't really go to the worst of it, but that was on my agenda. So I will Mm -hmm. next time. Yeah, it it sounds to me that for you, it was more about the journey to the motherland that really, I think, changed you and really, yeah, really changed you because you did all this research you had all these plans so that when you were there, it's not like you just, you know, dropped in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, right. like you said, it, like you said, it's like you just showed up and it was just nice to be there and to, you know, match what you've been reading with the actual place and be like, wow, like, okay, like this is exactly what, you know, the Yelp reviews told me. <laughs> this is exactly right, what, right. Like, it was the, exactly you know, what I web- saw online, but it's actually such a very surreal experience, like to actually be there after all of that. And I think you're right when you say it was more about the journey of me getting there, because, you know, I maybe would not have appreciated it as much 
or felt that way if I hadn't had done that research. Yeah, definitely. I was just thinking, like for me, I I remember when I first moved to the East Coast, I didn't do any research on like anything East Coasty. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't know much about the Civil War. Like, no one shoot me. Like, I didn't know much about it. I didn't know. Like, I I didn't know much about. Yeah, I didn't know much about like the thirteen colonies and you know just all these like things that every white American knows that, you know, they look at you and they're like, really, you don't know this? It's like, hey, I'm from the West Coast, okay? Like, we yeah. live in a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't know these things. And it was interesting. Well. Yeah, exactly. And and one of the first things I did when I first, when we first moved to Richmond, Virginia, when we were there at the time, we're in, we're in Virginia Beach now, but at the time, because I was home all the time, I was home a lot. Like, I, like Scott would go to the meetings and and all that stuff. And I'd just be home alone, like trying to figure out my new life and my new identity. <laughs> I actually took the time to like study the Civil War. And oh, wow. uh, I mean, once you got on, there. <laughs> on, yeah, like on yeah. YouTube, you know, like I, it's yeah. not like I pulled out like a history book and started reading because yeah. I feel so disconnected with like American history in so many oh, ways. And, and I talked a little bit about this when I spoke at PodFest, which you all will have an opportunity to listen to the recording soon. It'll be an upcoming episode. But yeah, just not being able to see my face in history. It's like, well, what's the point then? Like, but I really had a chance. Fortunately, like since my husband is like a history buff, I was able to learn more with him. Like I'd study on my own and I'd kind of recap it and talk to him about it. And it was really cool because Richmond is the heart of like the Civil War happening and like where I believe the Confederates were like stationed essentially. Like this was their home base, like Richmond itself. And uh, wait, so there's the Union and the Confederates. Okay, I'm going to figure this out later. I might like (laughs) insert, I might add this more later. But anyway, it was really cool because like once I did that research, like it's it's interesting because when you're walking around Virginia, you, you see history like everywhere. Because a lot of things have happened here in Virginia, like specifically, and DC is just like up north, like it's like it's all here. And when I actually show up to certain places, like I remember there was this particular park that talked like, oh, there used to be a war here, you know, like, or this is what happened in this place. Like, I can't remember all the details, but like, I remember like, there's something about being there and, and knowing that history, like once you're there, where you're like, wow, like you really have an appreciation for it. Like, that's a real feeling that you're saying. It's like, we can only explain it so much, but there's something about just being there where you're just right. like, whoa, you know, and right. it sounds to me that's, that's the experience you had in the Philippines. Yeah. And I was kind of just like, as soon as we got there, I was just happy and I was ready to like hit the ground running, you know, Yeah, <laughs> but it was just kind of hard to do that because I had a different agenda than everybody else. So I didn't really get to run, but <laughs> it's okay. We still did some stuff that I wanted to do, but yeah. I have to go back ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, although you weren't culture shocked, which I think is a good thing, you know, that, and, that means well, that... Yeah, I go mean, ahead. don't get me wrong. I was I was culture shocked in the sense that, no, of course, it's not like a comfortable setting compared to how I live <laughs> here, but it didn't shock me and it, it didn't make me like not want to be there or afraid to be there. You know what I mean? I still wanted to be fully immersed in it, even mm-hmm. if it was feeling scary at some points. Like I never wanted to leave. I I wanted to still stay at the end of the trip. I was like, I didn't have enough time here, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So is there one thing or one epiphany or like one lesson that you got when you were visiting that you didn't realize you were going to have? Hmm, That's a good one. Yeah. I figured since it's our show, we talk about life lessons. I might as well (laughs) (laughs) pop in that question. (laughs) Hmm. Um... 
I mean, I don't know if this would be considered an epiphany, but my concluding thought on the way home was that I'd love to find a program where I could go teach English there for like six months to a year if my job lets me. Wow. I don't know if that's an epiphany. That's not really a life lesson. That's let me think about that. I think that is an epiphany. It's like like because when you're in it, you don't have time to reflect. You know, like you're right. you're just you're absorbing everything. You're taking in yes. everything. You know, heat yes. and all, and mosquitoes and all, and like yeah. sick and oh, all, hangover and all. And speaking of the mosquitoes, since we talked about that so much, I just yeah. want to note for everyone that listened to those episodes about the mosquitoes that <laughs> I did not get one mosquito bite. Yes, the entire time I was there. <laughs> but all of my friends got bitten. Like their whole bodies were covered in bites every single day. Oh my god. Oh my god. So what what did you do, Nani, differently from your friends? I have the secret and I'm gonna share it with you all right now. Go to Whole Foods or Amazon.com and buy the Parakeeto mosquito repellent bracelet. Mm. It works so good. Okay. <laughs> so good. And we're not getting paid to talk about this. Like, this oh yeah, legitimately worked oh, for yeah. Nani. Not at all. <laughs> this is like a true, authentic uh, promotion right here. <laughs> I love it, and I love that it's a bracelet too. Because I always yeah. feel like I use like whenever I travel, I use essential oils, and like mm-hmm. after a while, like you start to feel sticky because you're sweaty, yeah. and then you have to like reapply. And you have to reapply it. Yeah. yeah. And so this, it sounds like this bracelet, like. All you have to do is just wear it. And that was it. Literally just wear it. And I put it on my ankle. I didn't even wear it on my arm. <laughs> wow. Huh. Yeah, it was great. Okay, cool. That is awesome. Okay. So if you're going to the Philippines, get that bracelet. Yeah. Or anywhere else think, with mosquitoes. <laughs> exactly. I think like, cause summer, summer's around the corner and I already got like my first damn mosquito bite here, <laughs> like on, on our way to, in Florida, by the way. So I was in Florida, like, oh, last that makes weekend. more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a bite like on my arm, like near my elbow. And I was like, great. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they are don't here. Coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. God, no. But yes, I, I think I'm just going to go to Whole Foods and just get yeah. it and like have it, and it for the rest of the year. too. It smells, cool. it's like, smells like you're wearing perfume. <laughs> I really like awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, other than like all the other brands where like you just smell like gasoline. Or yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's also what know. I wanted to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, shout out to Whole Foods. This is a free advertising for you. Yeah. And if anyone else has used the bracelet, like let us know because I'm curious too. Like I want to see if it works because I'm done like reapplying stuff all the time and just smelling like repellent. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have an epiphany. I'm looking at my notes now. So now I do have something I can yeah. say. Yeah. Go ahead. So my epiphany would be, I'm just going to read my note. This trip gave me a very macro view of the motherland and taught me one thing, to let go of all my expectations. Mm. I know that I barely scratched the surface on all there is to see and all the work that needs to be done there. But I intend on going back again and again and again to explore how I can do that. Wow, that's powerful. So, so speaking of which, future plans, you mentioned a little bit about possibly going back to teach. Like, what else have you thought of in terms of future plans? And I think I have some plans too that I'll share, but I want to hear a little bit more about like you wanting to teach or maybe like any other ways for you to go back and yeah, yeah go back I to mean, another one. I just say that because I know a lot of people that do programs like that, like my best friend spent. I don't know if she was there for six months or a year, but she went to Costa Rica, I think, and taught English and there's no prerequisite for it. You know, Mm -hmm. you just go through a program and they match you up with 
a family. And that's why I say, I don't know if I can do this because A, I don't know if my job would let me, I would obviously want to have a job when I come back. And B, I don't know if I would want to be matched up with a family just because my family is there and I would probably rather live with them. (laughs) But obviously that would depend on where I would be. And a lot of the opportunities that I've heard about or looked at already are on uh, Palawan and I would prefer to be in like the city somewhere around Mm -hmm. Manila or like closer to my family because it wouldn't just be about doing that for me. It would also be about doing all of the exploring that I want to do. But aside from that, at a very minimum, I would like to commit to going once a year. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I, I want to make that a regular thing for like the rest of my life. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, and when I was down in LA, when my uncle was in ICU, I was talking to all my cousins down there that I, you know, I never get to see them because they live down there. And we were like 30 deep in the waiting room. And uh, I was telling, I know, because that's how we roll. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I was telling them about my trip and they were all saying how they wanted to go too. And so I was like, oh, great, let's plan a family trip. And so now I think we're going to make that plans for next year in 2021 to try and do a big family trip out there. So that will be a lot of fun too. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. And I think that will like compensate for your trip. (laughs) Totally, totally. That would have been like the ideal way to go the first time, but that's okay. It will, it will happen. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And this is not to negate, you know, your experiences having visited like this first time and and everything, but that's, that's exciting. And I, I think like what I have gotten from you sharing your story and visiting to the Philippines is that it just, it kind of like, it, it like awoken you and now you want to come back like more and more. Yeah, and you it wanna... just made me so like drawn. Like I just, I, I couldn't, I felt so overwhelmed when I was there because I was like, oh my gosh, I know that there's so much, there's just so much abundance there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not for someone who's not personally tied to the country like I am. It's, it's maybe not the prettiest place, you know, in the more metro like areas, but there's so much abundance and so much life and there's so much going on and there's so much to see. Like I felt so overwhelmed. Like what do I even do with myself right now? Mm. You know? Yeah. And, and I think that for anyone that's never been to the Philippines and has been given the impression maybe by their parents that there's nothing going on there or like there's not enough opportunities, you know, to like be stable or to find a stable job or whatever, what Mm -hmm. have you. Yeah, like from what I hear, you know, not that I visited like recently, but you know, it there's opportunities there like left and right now and I know that the last that I visited there was this whole PR campaign that said like it's more fun in the Philippines. <laughs> uh, oh, that did you still a hashtag? Yes. It is. Okay, yeah. I was curious to know yeah. if that was still a thing over there and uh, yeah, I that's think a that's a popular hashtag on Instagram still. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I think that's just really the Philippines saying like, hey, like you can come back. Like it's cool here. There's like a lot of things to do. There's opportunities out here. Um, I always talk to my husband about like if we ever decided to live somewhere else outside of the US, like I wanted to consider. It would be there. Yeah. I wanted to consider Makati, Philippines because mm-hmm. and, and if anyone is there right now, like, you know, let me know. But I, I know that's like I hear that's like the hub for like entrepreneurship and a lot mm-hmm. of uh, Filipino Americans uh, go there to you know, for new opportunities or to create opportunities. I could be wrong. Anyone, anyone else just chime in, let me no, know. But that sounds about right. Yeah. That okay, sounds cool. about right. I didn't go there, but I met up with one of my friends that lives out there and 
I was basically just asking him, like, how can I move here? Help me find a job. Like, what can I do? And he was like, honestly, most of the girls that I know, and he's um, lives in like BGC area. And mm -hmm. so he's like, most of the girls that I know around here, their families are rich and they just pay for condos for them. They don't really do anything. They're like Instagram models or oh. fashion designers or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not the, the move for me. So, <laughs> but wow. with him saying that, that made me realize or just think about the fact that virtual work is becoming so popular and remote yep. work is becoming so popular. And the more and more that people normalize that, like in larger institutions, like where I work, that might actually be possible. You know, you might be able to keep your job in the U.S. and live there, although the time difference might be kind of difficult. But yeah, I think that there's definitely in the future, like in the foreseeable future, some new opportunities that can be defined outside of that. Yeah, especially with the coronavirus. Everyone yeah. is, I think this is a, a reflective time for so many people to mm -hmm. reevaluate their working environment choices. Totally. <laughs> and, you know, for someone such as myself, who's been working from home for like the last decade, I know that like I live in a bubble, you know, that's why yeah. I do podcasting because yeah. like, it gets me out of my bubble. But yeah. like with the coronavirus, it's, it's crazy because, you know, I was joking with one of my friends, like, you know, it's a great time to be an introvert because... Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to see anyone. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine I, being in the house. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I set up my life so that when I'm ready to socialize, I just do podcasting, you know? Um, and it's not even just individuals that should be rethinking their working situations, but also the big companies, you know, yeah. like how yeah. much money are they losing by people not wanting to come to work or, you know, whatever oh, is yeah. going and not allowing them to work from home. Like you, you kind of have to do that in a situation like this. And then once you start getting into the groove of it, it's like, oh, this does work, you know? Yeah. I think when bigger corporations can trust that we will be productive at home, I mean, if they set some parameters like, oh, make sure you have a home office, you know, make sure you have like a designated place where you're right. actually working. Right. Like if they can just learn to trust that people are self-motivated. And I actually talk about this a lot on my other podcast show <laughs> because I, uh, my other podcast show, in case anyone's wondering, it's called Holding Down the Fort. And uh, we talk with a lot of military spouses who like, their spouses who get deployed all the time or they move all the time, they're forced to work from home and figure that out. And so it's a real issue. Like some people don't just want to work from home because like they're lazy. Like, no, it's because sometimes they don't have a choice. And right. I think, I think the coronavirus is really making all of us be more, that. yeah, teaching that like, Hey, like, yeah. Like you think about the mass murders and the shooters, you know, like it was usually like in big, big environments mm -hmm. with like crowded people. Yeah. And in a way it's almost becoming unsafe to be around people. Now, I don't ever want us all to be completely isolated that like, we don't <laughs> see each other. Like, I, you know, an introvert eventually has to get out of the house. Like, let me right. Tell you. <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Once in a while, I got to get out of the house. <laughs> but, you know, just being more aware, like just the flexibility of like working from home. And yeah, I'm really interested in seeing like how bigger corporations handle this. And I, I know with you, Nani, like working with a big corporation, it's really cool how they have accommodated like working from home for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's been a touch and go kind of situation. And now I just have gotten into the groove where I just kind of do my own thing and no one questions me. So it's, <laughs> I, it's nice that I've been able to maneuver it that way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's because you're a good employee. Like you figured it out. Like you, you know how to like, so. yeah, you know how to like, just, you know, be 
a good employee so that you can get away with things, but because yeah. you're responsible. <laughs> I think as long as I like reply within, you know, five, 10 minutes, then nobody really cares where I am. <laughs> as long it, as they it. can reach me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, Nani, I want to thank you so much for just taking the time to like check in with us again and let us know how things are, you know, since you've come back. Do you feel like you're a changed person since you come back? Just closing thoughts on that. Um, I don't think that I'm a changed person. I think that I have, it was really meaningful to me and really significant to me to be able to tie my research with my actual lived experience. And that for me just solidifies something inside that just makes me want to go back. I don't, I don't really know how else to articulate how I feel other than I just want to go back. (laughs) I feel like I needed more time, you know, and I want to learn enough of the language so that I can get around without anyone needing to translate for me. And not that, you know, most people understand English or speak a little bit, like you can get by, but I would like to be able to like communicate and like immerse myself in the culture, not just be traveling around and, you know, sightseeing. Awesome. It's like you had this incredible first date and you you just want to go on another <laughs> date. With this That's person. totally what it's like. <laughs> you're just like, who I is this love. person? <laughs> yeah. You're like, where did this person come from? Like, <laughs> I must see them again. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how it feels. <laughs> Well, listeners, if you were inspired by this conversation and you want to continue the dialogue with us, feel free to reach out to Nani on Instagram. You can get all of our contact information in the show notes, as always. And also, in case anyone's wondering, part of the shift that we're going to be doing for summer 2020 is actually having a website where it's easier for all of you to find (laughs) our show notes and get a hold of us. So look forward to that. Until then, if you are still confused, you can reach out to us on Instagram at the Filipino American Woman or email the Filipino American woman at gmail.com. Nani, thank you so much for your time again. And I'm so glad you're back. And I'm so glad that you are just more inspired and excited to continue doing the show with me. And to our listeners, yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Bye, guys.